Hey listeners, Chloe here. If you need to stay as up-to-date with the latest developments and innovations in the luxury industry as I do, you need to dive into Vogue Business. It's your ticket to a global perspective on fashion and beauty, delivering exclusive insights that will give you the edge in this competitive, dynamic industry. Just visit VogueBusiness.com today and use the code RUN20 at checkout to join the Vogue Business community. That's VogueBusiness.com, promo code RUN20. Don't miss out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under, category like fragrances and handbags, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to macy's.com slash gift finder to shop. That's macy's.com slash gift finder today. This is The Run-Through. I'm Chloe Mel. And I'm Joe Minardi. And the Golden Globes were last night. And Taylor Antrim, uh, deputy editor and resident film critic for Vogue, are in the studio. It is bright and early, 7 a.m. Hello, hello. Joe, I think you're in London. I am. And Jose Creal-Sunzueta, fashion news writer for Vogue Runway. Jose, where are you? I am in La Paz, Bolivia, where I grew up. I'm in my mom's um, home. Amazing. I'm flying back to New York tonight, actually. So how on earth did you watch? On literally just cable. Oh, it was great. on TNT. And then, Joma, yeah. have you pulled an all-nighter to watch the Golden Globes in the UK and are now with us? No. No, we're going to tell Choma about the Golden Globes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to discover more about the Golden Globes. I obviously, Choma is our like, straight man. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Aside from the fashion stuff, which I definitely did a bit of a deep dive on, and... Definitely went on TikTok and definitely very invested in all the Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner PDA oh, yeah. moments. Well, this is the way <laughs> yes. to consume the Golden Globes. Taylor said he felt bad for Bradley Cooper I not did. winning Maestro. I actually had a moment <laughs> deep into the third hour when um, it was clear that, you know, Bradley wasn't going to win anything. Well, no, Cillian Murphy won. Anything. Exactly. Cillian Murphy won. Well, he'd already lost for director, which I guess was an open and shut case, but I was still thinking maybe, maybe. I really thought they were going to give it to him. So did he. You can tell tell (laughs) on his face. Oh, did you see his face? He most certainly did. Uh, First, I'll start with the fact that it was extremely difficult to watch the red carpet. Which I found annoying. Yes. It was actually not like not a good live stream at all for the red carpet. Everyone kept getting cut off. It was so. It was. I I miss like Juliana Rancic, John Rivers, and E Entertainment Television. Like I never thought I would say this, but <laughs> the red carpet was a non-event. But but the 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 outfits were there. The outfits were definitely there. The one thing I learned from the red carpet, which was important, was that Rosamund Pike's spectacular apple veil was actually to mask a ski accident. 
Yes, so she wore a fall 2019 Dior Couture <laughs> gown. She always wears Dior. Um, and she wore a Philip Tracy like lace veil to hide a ski accident bruise. And you know what it reminded Genius. me of? Of, of Gwyneth Paltrow's ski accident where she <laughs> so lost like... a whole day of skiing. <laughs> and I was like, this is just like glamour. Like, it ski was, accident. I so love chic. it. In 2024. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> exactly. Like you have to wear like a custom like lace veil with your couture because you had a ski accident over the holiday break. Like, <laughs> you know, that is very Saltburn. I mean, I don't want to start on a negative note, but if the if the red carpet was a bust and then the opening monologue was like, Oof. I mean, painful. world's worst, world's worst moment for the Golden Globes ever, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, it, went, it went up from there, I would say, right? Bad start. And then... Uh, the show itself moved at quite a clip. I feel like at one point I looked up, I was like, oh, it's already 10. Like, I, I thought, although the presenters were so random. So random and very slow Suits. present. I mean, it's like they didn't understand how to use the time properly, yeah. which is the, yeah. the thank you speeches felt like everyone was given about 10 seconds yeah. to thank people. But the presenters could vamp for, you know, 15 minutes with their They needed the jokes. music. For the for the presenters. the presenters needed the music. They really needed to get cut off. It was so strange. Also, yeah, like all the presenters are so weird. Like, what is Suits? I get it. People are rewatching Suits, but did we need to do? that? I was very confused by that. I I found myself typing to the group. I was like, "Is Suits on now?" I knew it wasn't. I knew it was an old show, but it, there was this idea that like the cast of Suits is here. This- Someone on our on one of the Slack channels, I forget who it was, said like. The Suits cast is all over this broadcast like a rash. <laughs> <laughs> and they, it was crazy. And even in the red carpet, they asked the two guys, like, oh, you know, like, Suits is being so popular right now. Like, yeah, Meghan Markle's in it. And we're like, like, we know. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> She's the only person out of Suits that I can even name. But yeah. they, they're not bringing Suits back, are they? Or are they? They might so, be. I think they're okay. trying to. Okay. This is the one thing I remember from the red carpet live stream. They asked them about it, and there's a spin-off in the works. I see. Something in the Suits universe, whatever that means. The extended Suits universe. <sighs> Did people feel that the Golden Globes were, like, this is like a new Golden Globes? Was it? Did it feel relevant? Did it feel like we needed to have it? It started so in, in such a stumbling way. But, you know, did you feel like, gosh, I'm glad we have the Golden Globes at the end of, at the, end of the night? I did feel that way because partially there was such a dearth of red carpet glamour and um, right. coming into this night coming was, into this because of the strikes I yeah. feel like we all really wanted this and I do feel like the Golden Globes it's a different vibe than the other shows like I mean yeah. sh- everyone should go on and look at our inside the Golden Globes photos but people are cozy and they're having fun and Timmy and Kylie are snuggling and Selena and Taylor hanging out it's much more convivial than any other award show and I think that that sets a different tone um, and it's it's fun to see that and to have that especially kick off this, like, six-week run. Yeah, and the Golden Globes have always been sort of the minor key uh, award ceremony compared to the Oscars where you feel like you can almost get away with a disastrous host. Like, his name is Joe, Joe Coy, yeah. right? Which no one knew who he was before last Chelsea night. Chelsea Handler did. Chelsea Handler did? She used to date him. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She did come prepared. The Golden Globes can get away with a little weirdness like that, yes. you know? And Like you know, Kieran Culkin's speech? I love Kieran Culkin's speech. <laughs> Kieran that Culkin a, won for amazing. Succession, and he was so grumpy. He burped. <laughs> In, oh. Indigestion? Yeah. I thought, I, I, had, I thought that was relatable. <laughs> 
Well, the funniest part of his speech was the suck it, Pedro, to Pedro Pascal because yeah, he won so over funny. Pedro. Why did, why did he, why did he was, go after Pedro in that moment? It was just in his line honestly, of sight. I think so. And also, I don't know. I mean, Pedro's like one of the internet's boyfriends, so might as well. I mean, I, I, mean, was, I feel like the Golden Globes were like did he viral have, why, why everything. Why did he have that arm brace on? Another skiing accident? Do we know? Gosh, I hope so for him. We should do a post on all the injuries of the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, poor that guy. Is a good question. Everyone's coming up, beaten up, beaten up after he the, had a, he had a, He had a sling on or something? Pedro yeah. Pascal. Yeah, he had his sling on. And what was his, his sort of Marine Sarah-esque turtleneck, Jose? He was wearing Bottega. Oh. Um, it was based on the closing look of Spring 24. So it's kind of like a fuzzy knit. I wish they would have made it a custom matching sling. Oh, yeah. They should have done that. Was it, maybe it happened you know. too late. <laughs> that would have been yeah, amazing. Definitely. Could you imagine with that print on it? Oh, my God. Exactly. I would have lived for it. Who else wore Bottega? Um, Julian, Julian Moore. Moore. That, uh. that red dress. Very fab. And then uh, Michelle Yeoh wore Bottega Got as well. It. An orange dress. Jose, to me, you are a resident uh, menswear aficionado. For me, the Golden Globes are always an interesting barometer when it comes to where the fashion is going for award season. Because everyone takes the Oscars incredibly seriously and they all mm. take themselves very seriously, especially male actors. Everyone's posing to make sure their watch is being shown because of sponsorship and everyone's in a bow tie and a Brioni suit, you know, like... But what's interesting about the Golden Globes is that it kind of shows you, like, it's like a temp check. And it was fun to see a, a lot of people having a little bit of fun when it comes to menswear. It wasn't particular direction, like a directional night. There wasn't anything that you're like, wow, amazing, menswear's changed for life. But it was cute. Who were your faves? When it comes to menswear, I love, I mean, Charles Melton is like the handsomest man in the world, honestly. He is, isn't like, it? It's perfect. distracting. I can't he's, even see the clothes. It's really distracting. <laughs> um, but he was in Armani and he looked really great. Very handsome. Killian Murphy and Saint Laurent I thought I was love. amazing. He looked great. Oh my also God, the loved. Times made me that laugh. Was... They said it was most Lydia Tarr. <laughs> yes, so exactly. It was, very, very it was so Lydia Tarr. It was great. Um, Andrew Scott and Valentino was fun. I actually, he was in Head to Toe White, which I usually don't love. But he was actually matching with Jonathan Bailey, who also wore Head to Toe White. I, and I saw was like, wow. that swoon. I'm like, are we guys doing something I wasn't briefed on? Like, why are we <laughs> doing the full white? But you know what? It was cute. Lenny Kravitz and McQueen. Fab, you know, with a little like exactly with like this. It was a jumpsuit with a slutty like cutout (laughs) with a back, open back, right? With an open back, exactly. So it was kind of it was a a white trouser with like a very slim cut jacket. It was a but it was a jumpsuit and had a a cutout in the back, like from the Mm. front going all the way to the back. He's been loving like a tiny waist, big big pants Mm. sort of moment. What I also actually found interesting is that Jeremy Allen White wore um, Calvin Klein. And the reason why I find that interesting is not just because of his viral campaign, but because Calvin Klein hasn't really been dressing celebrities or doing ready-to-wear at all. Well, do they have a designer, Jose? Who's who's their designer? So they actually don't. Uh, Willie Shavaria was actually their men's SVP until until recently. He left. Um, but they actually have sort of like after Raph Simmons left Calvin and that was a whole... <laughs> mess um they really haven't been doing anything other than the usual calving stuff that you you know that everyone buys like the underwear like the at least etc but i think this was kind of like their tease at coming back you know maybe calvin is gonna stage a comeback those were my favorite events i will say I and also, coleman domingo looked really great and in, in that's what i was gonna say coleman domingo when he he came out early and he had yeah the nehru collar and the jewelry 
There, it was yes. good. There was good men's jewelry. I liked. Uh, yeah. Men, men in jewels. As uh, Molly yeah. Mary has pointed out, it was a couple of men who had gone full frontal in their films, like Charles Melton and oh, Barry yes. Keoghan. So it was family jewels times two. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> oh my god, what a connection we love a good to headline. make! <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna kill me. Yeah, she totally is gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's actually interesting. Um, Coleman and, and and Barry Keoghan, who also wore Louis Vuitton, they both had like the brooches. Which is something that Pharrell is pushing at Vuitton, clearly. We, we saw it in his first collection, so it was interesting to see it make it, make its way to the red carpet. Especially because Barry's stylist replaced the Vuitton jewels with Tiffany jewels. Oh, interesting. But they kind of still committed to the to the look of, you know... Ornam- I mean, I do feel like a brooch the, is the only, the one of the few ways a man... Like, that's a tip... I don't know if that's a new thing, men wearing brooches, no? But I do feel like on the red carpet to really go for it... Yeah, exactly. And it, that that feels relatively new on the red carpet because, you know, there's really so much guys can do. It's like, right. you know, Timmy always wears his, Cart- his Cartier necklace and like a couple of rings. He makes sure he gets like the shot with his hands in front of his torso <laughs> to, you know, make sure that che- the sponsorship check is cleared. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, my favorite thing uh, also that Marley Marius uh, said was that, honestly, Timothy Chalamet and Meryl Streep were low-key matching. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> he was wearing Celine, which was interesting. Chalamet, you came in hot this morning. You checked, uh, checked all the looks. <laughs> what, what, did, what, what was your immediate takeaway? First of all, I think the most stunning look by far and away was Hunter. You know, Hunter Schaefer. Oh, incredible. Um, Tell us about the look, Choma. So it was a version of the kind of very kind of floating shift dresses that we saw that almost looked like, I don't know, like amoebas. They were like floating along the runway at at Prada. And I don't know whether she had a a, a wind machine. I couldn't tell what was happening. I mean, there must have been the highest grade leaf blower on that red carpet i was joking about that on instagram because i was like there's like dara who's her stylist definitely showed up with a leaf blower but apparently it was a very windy day in la no way so that, that is dress some fashion does not work without wind baby it does not work <laughs> it you does need, not it does not it's literally just fabric you know she got lucky or Ugh. you know she has a really committed stylist <laughs> it was a really like the most elegant glamorous jellyfish oh my god it was the, yes it was, it was beautiful it was beautiful and jose you said that you touched that fabric and that it feels just like air. It's really hard to describe, but it, it feels almost like a little cloud. It's like completely wow. what you'd expect that fabric to be for it to float like that. I will say custom Prada doesn't always hit for me. But when it comes to Hunter, they always, she has to be the favorite daughter. Like they always make her the best <laughs> looks. <laughs> yeah, she, she never misses. She hasn't missed. I felt like it was a return to kind of like very the hourglass. I was talking to... My my colleagues Julia and, and and Laura here at British Vogue and we were, and, and and Laura just mentioned it and I just thought oh that's so true because so much so much kind of classic, you know Hollywood vavoom even even to see Greta Lee in that very kind of great. like almost she looked amazing but it was much more classic mm. Hollywood than we've seen her she was in this very this cream almost like forties style um, dress that was Loewe she looked stunning with a remarkable um, then, back. Remarkable. Yeah, back. that was. Yeah, inc- it was almost like fun- you needed to see it from the back. The fun part about that dress is that it's actually from the fall 2020 collection with Loewe. It was like the last show before the pandemic. Mm. So they just kind of like pulled it out, remade it in white, 
judged it up and then just put it on the railway, which I thought was amazing. Um, yeah, it felt I so also, different to of, what he's doing now. You could just, you just yeah, felt like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of Loewe, I also actually, and past lives, I loved Celine's oh my song God, also same. in Loewe. So oh, good. In my it top was, three. Incredible, definitely top three. And she's not number three. It was like <laughs> so fab. Celine Song wore a custom Loewe suit, but with an enormous pin. Uh, as a belt ish kind of moment. Yes. So it was something that Jonathan Anderson introduced in the spring 2024 men's collection in a more conceptual way. And then in the women's show in last September, he put it as like kind of like what 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 Celine wore, which was kind which is like a pin, like a literal like massive oversized pin holding the pants, which I thought was fab. That she looks like like a sewing, you know. A, it looks like just a pin, like a sewing pin. Yeah, but just uh, a normal giant. Just holding needle. the fabric together. It reminded yeah, me exactly. of in Cinderella when the mousies do Cinderella's dress, and like all the Cute. the things are so enormous yes. for them. <laughs> like it was just an enormous yeah. version of a regular sewing pin. <laughs> And it really was, was but I love this sort of like past lives. Lueve also. Lueve also. as well. I love the past lives, Lueve intersection. It's like the intersection of my interests. Like <laughs> my fa- you know, my, one of my favorite brands, one of the, the movie, best movies of the that last That movie year. sadly shut out, though, unfortunately. Yeah, why did that I movie know, get shut out? I know. I mean, it's a small Justice movie. It's still time. Definitely yeah, but is. I thought Greta would have been nominated. She would have been nominated, but that's a stacked field for yeah. Best Actress. Right. And, I mean, there's no beating Lily Gladstone at this point. Speaking of, what was she wearing? Who was she wearing, guys? Lily she Gladstone. She was in Valentino. I, I didn't yes. love this. Like, it was a very voluminous black stole. There were a lot of stoles last night. A lot of yes. draping over arms from, like, Margot Robbie's feather duster thing, like, sort of, um, like, loofah. Uh, yeah. to Lily's like b- black taffeta Valentino thing, but I mean she looked spectacular and and the dress looked great on her. I just I, the the stole was a bit much. Speech really hit too. It was a yeah. lot of fabric. Yeah, the speech I mean, sounded great. It really did, and it seemed heartfelt. And I just wish that movie had given her more to do. Killers of the Flower Moon is like Christian this, Allaire agrees with you. I mean she she basically for most of the movie has to remain like desperately in love with a like murderous, villainous husband and lie on her deathbed. And I am celebrating Lily Gladstone's moment. I think she looked great. I thought the the tears in the eyes that you saw from uh, Leo DiCaprio seemed like real. I mean, it was a very personal, emotional speech. But I just thought, like, is this really the best we can do for an actress like this? I think it'll be interesting to see what she does next because I think there may be more interesting roles for her to mm. come, even though this one seems to be an award season, like, you know, gimme. Home run. Point. Yeah. And beating some incredible actresses. I mean, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's a very, you're right, stacked category. It's a stacked category. So the run through will be back in just a moment. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. Do you ever see a new face or name on your news feeds and say, who the heck is that? Our podcast, Who Weekly, is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Think of us as your cheat code to People Magazine, your glossary for Hollywood, a shortcut to understanding pop culture at large. For the past eight years, Who Weekly has been telling listeners everything they need to know about the celebrities they don't. The New Yorker says we spelunk deep into the demimonde with convivial delight. That's a direct quote. Mostly, we're going to explain to you Irish star Barry Keoghan's sudden rise to fame and relationship with a not-so-under-the-radar pop princess named Sabrina. The fake wedding Real Housewives star Cynthia Bailey had to promote a limo rental company. 
and why all the Gen Zers you know are talking about a guy named Benson Boone. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we answer the most burning celebrity queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills, or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes, and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And we're back. Wait, so Taylor, I'm curious, who are you giving the Oscar to, Lily or Emma Stone? Well, I'm giving it to Lily. Uh, I think it will be hard for people, particularly after that speech, not to give Mm -hmm. it to Lily and the historical nature of it. And I don't think that Poor Things is the kind of movie that uh, steals the spotlight from Killers of the Flower Moon. It, it, poor Things is like, it's very imaginative, um, certainly should be seen, but, um, and I love Yorgos' Yorgos's films, but to me, this one was a little strange, a little bit overlong, which is a theme among many of the movies, actually, that are being <laughs> celebrated award season. Um, yep, I And agree. just a little discomforting. I mean, I wasn't sure I was enjoying myself by the end of Poor Things. Jose, we're doing a roundup today of, like, the best vintage looks on the red carpet, and there was mm-hmm. actually some great vintage moments, um... Yes. Elle Fanning wore Pierre Balmain, like from the Balmain archives, which was a really beautiful moment, I thought. And it then, was like a cream strapless. <laughs> yeah, real it was a cream strapless gown. with like an oversized, yeah, with an oversized uh, bow, which I thought was lovely. And controversial yet brave, Kylie Jenner also looked amazing in a lace vintage dress by Hane Mori. Hane Mori is a Japanese designer. She was one of the two female Japanese designers to ever show in Paris Fashion Week Mm. right at the beginning of it. Um, She passed away, I believe, either last year or the year before. But I thought it was like a very lovely pick. It was very old Hollywood. You know, we we don't really have photos of her standing up because she like went straight inside. But I I thought she looked lovely. There were some good beauty moments. Uh, Emma Stone, we had the exclusive on her new haircut, which debuted on the red carpet. She looked great. Blunt bob. Yeah, she looked fab. She gives such, like, captain of the theater club in her high school vibes. I love Emma Stone, but that's huge. I mean, she seems like she'd have this sort of, like, 
you know, polite withdrawing persona. But then she gets up at the at the microphone. And you feel like she's going to do like musical theater or something like that. <laughs> um, she's great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she she runs a, t- a tight ship at, at drama club. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know what dress I love that I don't know if you guys see. Gillian Anderson. Me too, but what was it? Did you it? see it? She was wearing a white dress, raw edge at the hem. It was Gabriella Hurst, and in a nod to, and it's something, it was very Gabriella, very her, and a nod to sex education, I think. It had vulvas embroidered all over the dress. Oh, oh. I missed that. I did not see that. Yes, yeah. I like that it looked like a sort of raw muslin. Um, yes, exactly. I mean, she's just fabulous. She's the best. I thought Divine Joy Randolph in the Rodarte, I mean, I was a little worried about her having a, a wardrobe malfunction, we but she looks spectacular. Yeah. Yes. My, my mom said the same thing when she like stood up to go in. She was like, wait. And I was like, it's fabulous. It's Rodarte. It's great. That's how you use a peplum. <laughs> I, w- I really do not want peplums to come back, but if it's with a- She's been having a really good run. It's a I, whole I like list. The dress, I just- but I, I'm not with you on the peplum. I think the peplum was unnecessary. It was a big but peplum see- night, though. Yeah. It was a big peplum night. For it better was or for really worse. Yeah, yeah, we're we're nearing that territory and I am not here. <laughs> but, I'm know, always was, on the fence fine. about peplum at the best of times. It is not my favorite. But Yeah, it just never works. Oh, you know who I also thought thought looked good was um and this is uncharacteristic because I think my whole lineup is just black and white, was also um Riley Keough in uh, Chanel. I love I thought, her. I thought she looked really beautiful. Oh, that, that was really pretty. That was really funny during the live stream because they were like, guy interviewing her was like, why is your hair dark? And she was like, because I'm working on something. Okay, but like, what is that something? And she was like, she was kind of like, leave me alone. Well, and then he was like, but, how did you choose this dress? She goes, I tried it on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's the new Hugh Grant. <laughs> Very I love that, this. I love this club that. of people who are just like not having it. From I know, I know, absolutely not having it. Oh wait, I want to give a shout out to Billie Eilish. She wore oh, Willie Shavaria. Controversial who I for love. me. Well, I thought the hair yes. was was not working for Billie Eilish. But I mean, I, I, I love Billie Eilish. I don't so. know if you were her target audience. This was the funniest thing because I was watching the live stream and I'm like, oh, that looks familiar. And then they asked her what she was wearing, and she's like, oh, I pulled this like Willie thing, and I was like. Willie, who I'm like, girl, give me the full credit. <laughs> so then, yeah, I know they have to. So get this. Then I text Willie, and I'm like, is Billie Eilish wearing you? And he's like, I'm not sure. What's tonight? Oh my oh, god! So oh, like, no. I love how so, nonchalant. Please stop. So I'm like, I'm like, babe, it's the Golden Globes. I sent him a photo. He's like, oh my god, yes. Wait, I forgot that was tonight. I'm watching Drag Race Mexico. <laughs> so like, you need to. I'm like Willie. Love you need Willie to switch the title. <laughs> I love him forever. He's so fun. But wait, no one's talked about Io, who I thought looked gorgeous. Can we? T- yeah, can, can you tell me what Io was wearing? Io looked great in in Prada. Yeah, she in looked Prada great. as well. It, it was another. I mean, I just felt a lot of the starlets, though the the younger starlets, dressed quite kind of grown up yeah. in a way that I felt like they safe. I, I they could have been more been more playful with it, you yeah. know. And I, as, yeah, like I thought Billy, you know, Billy was Billy and looked yeah. great and yeah, something and like different. Billy's twenty two. For the record, yeah, I'm only that, objecting yeah. to the red hair in the front, the two like vampire spikes <laughs> of red hair in the front. For the record, 
I think the Willie Tari was great. I love the speech. I love that Phineas stands behind her mute. No matter what. No matter what. Seemed like he maybe he's wanted just, to get in there at the end, and she was like, nope, we done. We done. No. I he, talked about my feelings just before can. Barbie. She was so depressed like, before Barbie came along and, and yeah. pulled her out of her depression. I mean, I'm here for Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish. No, but I will agree about Ayo and the Prada. It was a beautiful dress, but it felt a little too grown. I, I find Ayo to be such a fun, sort of like bubbly personality. Anything. She can wear she anything. She can wear anything. And she she's worn, like, I, this is my take. I thought she is way more interesting than that dress is, yeah, if that makes I agree. sense. I agree. So it's a beautiful dress. She looked beautiful. She looked amazing. She looked like a winner. But I'm like, I need a little more Pissas in the words of Diana And then Diana the moment we all loved was when she thanked um, everyone's assistants her managers and agents' yes. assistants at, for responding to her emails. I feel like people really responded and well And Taylor Swift like nodded wholeheartedly yeah. and was like, thank you to all those <laughs> assistants that have responded to my email. I bought tickets to Taylor, my tour. When was the last time you talked to an assistant? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, but we didn't talk about Taylor's new Gucci. I thought like, it's, it's honestly one of her best, the best she's ever looked. Um, I'm not particularly a huge fan of her fashion. She She looks good, but she's not particularly like, you know, a fashion icon. It was a green Gucci dress. Uh, full super sequins, pretty, head to toe. Full sequin, head to toe, backless. But what Any I thought Easter was the most eggs interesting there? Was she is, trying to communicate something? Well, we were discussing listen, it, and I think it was like a reference to the snake and reputation, potentially. <sighs> exactly. You know, that, that's what I saw the Twitter kids say. Taylor is shaking but I will his no, head. No, 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 no. The thought that was going through my head, honestly, was best Taylor album by a mile. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it says so much about the direction of Gucci. Gucci used to dress like, you know, under Alessandro Michele used to dress Lana Del Rey, Florence and the Machine. You know, it was kind of like they went for the weirdness. Yeah. And it was maximalist. Like, we all know what Gucci used to look like. And now under Sabato de Sardo, who is who just who showed his debut collection in September, he's showing his debut collection for menswear, who Ryan Gosling was wearing uh, a tease of that um, this week, actually, on Friday, I believe. But I think it shows us that, you know, they are going a little bit more streamlined with the direction. You know, it's 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 less more maximalist, megawatt. it's less weird. Sexy. It should be interesting. I mean, yeah, Julia Garner exactly. also wore yes, Gucci. Yes, Julia Garner also wore Gucci. I like that dress. Like that dress yeah, a lot. That dress was fab. It was yeah, a silver Yeah, I mean, I was worried dress. about wardrobe malfunction there too, but she was I very much... I know so many potential same. wardrobe malfunctions. Julia Garner's dress, Listen. people who did not see, was too silver strips of sequins over her breasts and then a great, you know, a sort of fitted uh, sequin column skirt. And she looked fantastic. But, you know, I hope there was a lot of tape. The, listen, <laughs> the double-sided tape has been working over time. Scotch should sponsor. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like some some of the tailors are on strike. Um, you know, a lot of the menswear hems were not working Pants were too long. Pants were too short. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Jackets Jose, I always fitting. really appreciate that on your Instagram that you, you really bring my attention to the men's tailoring, which is important and, like, should get it right, honestly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, girl, if it's two pieces, you, <laughs> the least you can do is hem the pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to take in a whole corset. Like, you can, you can hem a pant. Do you have strong <laughs> feelings about where the, where the pants should break? Like, where the hem should be? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> well, for me, like, I have two examples. Like, for example, um, Andrew Scott, friend of the pod, yeah. looked amazing in Valentino, but I thought his pant was, like, half an inch too short. 
it was a white pant and you could tell that it didn't like it was meant to touch the floor because that's what Valentino Couture has been doing and it didn't quite mm. so I'm like you know it's fine but he looked great uh, why and then should a white hem touch the floor that is gonna be dirty dirty <laughs> Choma <laughs> that's so true but, although Andrew Scott doesn't care exactly. about that exactly no. white suede shoes around Manhattan as we know <laughs> yeah. from our interview with him it's also like sorry to burst the bubble but they're not his clothes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's true. But also like Barry Keoghan, for example, he was wearing Vuitton and it was a runway look. And, you know, my short king, he's a little shorter than a runway model. And <laughs> yeah, you the bunching. Tell. Exactly. The bunching at the bottom, at, at the hem. I'm like, you know, it looks a little weird. Like for me, a pant, a tailored pant should only have one break. Yeah. It shouldn't have like two or three, you know. And Barry's had like three, and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe you know. We I like the color though. Bit. I did like the color. Yeah, like, I like the color of the. Suit. He he's he's fun on the red carpet. Like he's yeah, a guy. He he's a little fun. weird. He has a he has a good time. You know, he's been working out his arms, so he's wearing a lot of vests. <laughs> I, I support yeah, I've been him. liking his streak of vests. I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, me too. His me stock too. is definitely an ascendancy. Like we're all gonna yeah. be looking for the next yeah. Barry Kieran role. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shigormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession, beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Can I mention another speech I really liked? Please. I thought, I, I now Please. no longer know how to say his name. I used to say Matthew McFadden, but that is oh, wrong. Oh, yes. That was confusing. McFadden. Oh, Mc my. McFadden. There's an extra syllable in his last name. Who knew? I, I know. guess everyone did. Who but, knew? You know, um, I thought oh. his speech was great, and it was good succession yes. all night, I thought. Good succession vibes. I, I love agree. the what did he call Tom? It was like a human grease stain. Yeah, I know that cat. That yes. had me rolling. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. So funny. <laughs> he's so funny. More I love Sarah Snook winning yeah. as well. Yeah, honestly, the fact that he was in Pride and Prejudice to this day still like gives me. Like polarizes me. Which one? Which like, he was the Kieran Knightley, Joe Wright one. Oh, the he, yeah, he was. He was Mr. Darcy, I like the Colin Firth one from a million years ago. That one. That we all like that one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes. I thought. I thought the Golden Globes made TV look good this year. My take is that that I agree. Oh, that's another argument for pro Golden Globes. Is I do feel like. It, there is something to be argued for one award show that really celebrates both TV and film, especially as we are continue to be in this era of prestige TV. Like right. Emmys is just TV, yeah. Oscars is just film. Like Golden Globes, like really feel like people are together enjoying it. Right, it glamorizes TV a little bit. I mean, the argument could be made that TV doesn't need it because TV has had this golden age. But I would say this year the pool is quite shallow when it comes to TV, and the fact that they picked out um, the bear. Succession and Beef. Those are three shows that I think were yeah. very successful creatively. We all love the cast of all of them. Yeah, it was good vibes around the TV awards. But when they, when you get to some of the like ancillary TV awards with the nominations, and it's like all these like series and shows you've never heard of, I thought to myself, "Oof, you can't you can't like dive too deeply into TV uh, in yeah. 2023 for awards." But I thought they got it right, yeah. and they made TV seem like a lot of fun. Frankly, when it comes to award show innovation. 
I think <laughs> some of the things introduced by the Golden Globes this year I'm not here for. Number one, the um, stand-up comedy award. Oh, yeah. The most random oh, thing God. I've ever seen. Ricky Gervais didn't even come, you know, and he wins the first, like, Golden Globes stand-up comedy award. Um, and then, of course, the very strange new award they introduced uh, for cinematic and box office achievement. Uh, which is this enormous grab bag of all these movies that made tons and tons of money. Yeah. Uh, the Super Mario it Brothers. It feels a little craven. It feel, and then you have to ask yourself, like, yeah. w- w- what are we doing? I mean, I, I know the answer to that, which is that award shows have been criticized for uh, showering their attention on all these very niche, small art films that most of America doesn't actually go to see. I mean right. – um, and so this is sort of a corrective to that. And and in the superhero era, it was all these movies that were dominating everybody's attention, but in award shows, you know, were nowhere to be seen. Barbie won it, right? Like yeah. that's that's the one that won it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I mean, okay, yeah, Barbie was a huge box office phenomenon. You sort of have to give it to Barbie, but um, I didn't actually feel bad for the Barbie people going up. But I thought, you know, they didn't actually win a legitimate. Merit, you know, meritocratic award. I feel like they won something, you know, some kind of consolation award, and they made they a billion a dollars. So what's prize. the consolation yeah. about? What are you know? It it felt very strange to me. Yeah, it's also like you know the award to get Taylor Swift nominated and to attend, and that you don't give it to Taylor Swift. Totally. <laughs> Did you think Taylor got, Swift thought she had shocker. a chance? Because I thought she had a chance, and if they gave it to so Taylor too. Swift. I mean, box office achievement, yes, but cinematic achievement for the Eras Tour movie—that would be a stretch. Um, I'm telling you, <laughs> still, like, I think I was she thought so she had confused. a shot. I think she thought she had a shot. I thought, I think, I made, yeah, I, th- I think Gucci thought she had a thought, a thought too. <laughs> but I have, I, I need to talk about supporting actor, okay, Robert Downey Jr. I have questions, Taylor. Who do you think? Are you happy with that win? Do you think? It no, been I wasn't particularly else? happy with that win. I need to check the Charles um, Melton nominees. would have been so handsome. Yeah, I thought Charles. It, Melton it, had a shot. Yeah. I mean, May I thought, December. Me too. Has everyone seen May December? That movie is yeah, good. So good. I really want to see it. And I feel that like is, people are just still catching movie. up to it. But that movie is crazy good. Very weird. Yeah. I wished, I kind of wish Julianne Moore had won oh, because I thought her performance in that movie is such a high wire yeah. act and so effective. Um, but who are I they mean, who? the three performances are just like. It was everyone was running laps around each other. I was like really gagged about how good everyone was. But Charles, for Charles Melton to be able to like stand his ground with Natalie Portman and Julian Moore, to me, deserves an award itself. Yeah, I. But I, I think, thought it was going to be him or Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not here for Barbie really, so I I feel like Ryan Gosling <laughs> did all the work he needed to do, just sitting there and smiling and and looking great. <laughs> right. Um, just Ken. very Kendall of him, just Ken darling. Yeah, just yeah. Ken. Just there to be supportive. <laughs> I mean, De Niro exactly. was good in that endless, endless Killers of the Flower Moon movie. So um, I guess it's if true. you're Robert Downey Jr. and you beat out Robert De Niro, you feel like great, you know. But I I yeah. when Robert Downey Jr. won, uh, the thought that went through my head is like, uh oh, this is an Oppenheimer year. Like it's just right. gonna, yeah. it's just gonna go. It's and, a sweep. It's gonna be a sweep. And I am a little confused by this. Like, would Oppenheimer be in the position it is now if it had not come out on the same weekend as Barbie? Oh has no. Barbie lifted Oppenheimer into pole position yes, for award Yes, that's season. such a great theory. I, I really think uh, you're right. I think it, yeah, I agree. So Barbie gets the assist of the year with... Wow, um, interesting. You know, another consolation Barbie becomes for the billion-dollar-making uh, Barbie movie. But yeah, yeah. Such I a wonder... Good, such a good strategy on their part to do it at the same... T- 
time because I mean usually don't they avoid that? I, I feel like it was. It. I feel like it was an accident. Yes, it I was like too. an accident of history that these two yes. movies came out. Yeah, everyone went to see them in a in a year that was otherwise. I think it wound up being not disastrous at the box office, but still not great. And nothing compared to the 2019, 2018 era. We're still climbing out of the hole um, from COVID. But Hollywood is in, is in a mood to continue to reward event theatrical movies. And, you know, mm-hmm. the streaming movie, the, the fate of Maestro strikes me as like, you know, you can take that Netflix money and make your dream project, but you may get overlooked at the time, at award season when you're up against uh, movies that took the purest route, went out into movie theaters, and people actually like went out of their houses and went to go see them. I feel like that's what people really want to right. reward. And I agree. As much as I didn't find my way into Oppenheimer as like a, I didn't love it. I was sort of dazzled by it as a technical achievement, but I, I it was it left me a little emotionally cold. I am mm-hmm. happy to be in a world where Hollywood wants to find the next. Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Sure. Because right. like green, not Super Mario. <laughs> not Super Mario. <laughs> not Super, imagine if that had won. I went to see that movie with my uh, nine-year-old William. It was uh, bewildering. That movie. Um, <laughs> bewildering is a great word. <laughs> bewildering. I mean, pleasant enough. Pleasant enough. Uh, Jose, wait. What was the tea on Taylor Selena? That's that's. I was going to say. Speak of cinematic events. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Depends so, how good what, you can lip read, right? Exactly. Depends on the lip reading. So the lip reading experts on Twitter, which, you know, t- take it with, you know, again, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Um, but at one point, Selena stood up from her table, went to Taylor, her bestie, to Taylor Swift, whispered to her and um, Kaylee Teller and was like, according to Twitter, what she said is, I tried to take a photo with him and she said no. And then um, <laughs> Kaylee Teller, exactly. And then and then Kaylee Teller was like Timothy. And then so the internet is going wild, talking about how Kylie Jenner didn't let Selena Gomez take a photo with her former co-star Timothy Chalamet. We don't know. Oh Again, yeah, this it's is the most like, unsubstantiated, li- wonderful take. <laughs> I know on what exactly. Said. The, exactly. The, the, the lip reader PhDs on Twitter have weighed in with a, with a transcript. Exactly. <laughs> and you know how they're backing exactly. it up? They're saying that she took a photo with pretty much everyone else. Exactly. So this is like, <laughs> you know, the mental gymnastics. They've been up I all mean, night. it's unbelievable. Doing forensic analysis. This, Wait, but what did exa- Selena this is the and Simone Timothy co-star in? Like, yeah, that's what I want to know. What were they in? Yeah, it's a rainy day in New York. It's Timothy Chalamet, Elle Fanning, Selena Gomez, Jude Law, Diego Luna. That Give me the one year. Really Give me the year. Pass me by. It's a it's a Woody Allen movie. Oh right! Oh my god! It's the one that you know oh my see. god! The one I yeah. remember that. COVID exactly. Woody Allen exactly. It got no no press because you know cancellation of it all. Right. But and yes. then yeah, Timothy wasn't a, didn't want to say it. Couldn't really say anything. Comment on it. I remember that whole exactly. Moment. Like speaking like, of movies that no one watched, but they were. They they played co- they played you know they were like a romantic couple in the film. This is I this is what it's like to be a celebrity today. The internet is so petty. Come on now, exactly. Guys. But also I heavily relate to Selena, where like something happens to me and then I run to my friend. <laughs> you know, I'm like. 
<laughs> me at the CFDA Awards, like just running to someone's table to just tell a little tea. Um, and this yes, brings us back so. to the thing that we like about the Golden Globes, where you can't imagine that moment happening at the Oscars, right? Like, right. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I love the take that the, the host was so bad that people were resorting to PDA to get exactly, through that they were the awkwardness. Yeah. That, that to me seemed very, very believable. My last uh, <laughs> takeaway was that I loved seeing everyone wearing red carpet glasses. Yeah, that was cute. Right. Ali Wong, Billie Eilish. Um, it was it was a thing, and it made me think that last week we were talking about how there's a little boy who's nine years old who wears glasses who uh, is lobbying Apple to change the nerd emoji because he feels it's anti-glasses wearers. Oh yes, oh, that's so sweet. So I felt like Golden Globes was a big a big win for that little boy. <laughs> That's all for this very special episode. We will be back next week at our usual time. Bye. Bye. The Run for Revoke is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party or having family over or even just cooking for yourself when all of a sudden it starts to feel overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. And this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration, a kitchen with no space, a toddler who will eat buttered pasta. Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now.